0: This is NFL.com's Coach's Show Podcast.
1: Forty men together can't lose. This is why you lift all them weights. Everybody's driving out there. Nobody's them, And now we're going. There's a gleam, men. There's a gleam.
0: Welcome to the Coaches Show. I'm Brian Billick, joined by Steve Mariucci. And, and Steve, we, uh, we both sat there and watched a little bit of that game together. We were both treated to a heck of a game between Tom Brady and the New England Patriots and your boy Aaron
1: Rodgers and your Green Bay Packers. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And to think that that was the first time that they had met yeah. up, right? Head to head. I mean, when you got Peyton Manning and... Uh, and uh, Tom Brady meeting 17 uh, what, times or something. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and so this is another rival. But Aaron Rodgers is different than Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. They're, they're all great, but the way he plays is different because this, this guy, yeah, he's smart. Yeah, he can, he can zing it with, uh, with the best of them. But the thing that he can do best, yeah, he's got big touchdowns all over the place. But where he separates himself, Brian, you know this, is when he leaves the pocket. He can get out of there. Here's where Jody Nelson beat uh, Darrell Dur- Rivas uh, for a touchdown, and uh, Revis was upset about this because he's a heck of a player. Quite a matchup. But he, right here, this is Aaron Rodgers uh, at his best. Leaking the accuracy, The, pocket,
0: the it, accuracy just
1: blows me away. It's like a smart bomb. I mean, this guy just puts it in there. He can throw it off balance. He can do it from the run right or left. It doesn't matter. He's amazing.
0: You know, we, and we both come out of the uh, kind of the Bill Walsh uh, era, and I remember when I was with the 49ers administratively, and Bill Walsh with Joe Montana early, and, and I'm watching out of practice, and, and we had a little flare pass going on, and Joe threw it out there and hit the guy right here. You know, hit him right in the chest. I am thinking that's a good, pretty good pass, and Bill went off. He goes, Joe, I want it. I'll hit it in the lead glove. I want it just going away going forward. You know, the rest of us are looking around mm-hmm. like going, you know what, mm-hmm. that looked pretty good to me. But Bill was so phobic about he would you know, have not just loved Aaron Rodgers because oh, wherever God. you want that ball put, wherever the ball has to be put, it, the deep throws are like, I don't know that you could be any more accurate than if you walked it down the field, stopped it magically. Mm-hmm. L- uh, you know, Minnie mooch could do mm-hmm. this. Stop, stop the action. Walk down and hand the guy the ball where
1: you mm-hmm. need it. I don't know that you could be any more accurate. It's stunning to me. Yeah. I remember, Bill, exactly what you're talking about. His little cliche was, one foot in front of the numbers. One foot in front of the numbers. And it was like, okay, fine. (laughs) And so, um, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers is accurate. But, you know, I went to training camp with them uh, to do a little training camp day. And I was watching them. They were doing a blitz period and and red zone and all this different stuff. And when he sets his feet, he puts it right there. When he throws off balance, he puts it right there. He's he's just so accurate, and it doesn't matter. You know, sometimes he's not clinic. Sometimes he's fallen away, and he can still zip it in their sidearm. It's amazing. And then his favorite—he's got he's got weapons galore. You know, I was wondering right. if they were depleting their receiving core, having lost Greg Jennings and then James Jones and then JerMichael Finley. Well, then here comes this Jordy Nelson kid that is faster than everybody gives him credit for. The guy from Kansas State—he has now ten touchdown passes along with. Randall Cobb, but this is you know, look at this guy. I mean he's a good route runner, he's hard to tackle, you know, and Darrell Rivas matched up with him most of the time. Here's the touchdown. He only had two catches, but when he gets it, look how right. fast he is. He outruns
0: everybody, Brian. Well, every great quarterback when we go back, when you say a quarterback's name, a receiver will come to mind. When if you're gonna say Troy Aikman, you're gonna say Michael Irvin, right? You say Joe yeah. Montana, you're probably gonna say Jerry Rice. Um you say Roger Staubach, you're going to say Drew Pearson. There's usually that one guy. And you're right, Aaron Rodgers has had a bunch of good receivers, but clearly Jordy Nelson's going to be that guy that when you say Aaron Rodgers, you're probably going to hear, you know, that's what would come back and be Jordy Nelson. But yeah. did you not get the sense watching the game as I did as they go down? They were 0-4 in the red zone. As they were having to settle for field goals, because we got to give Tom Brady his due as well. Weren't you thinking I was? Ooh, you better watch out. Oh, this is going to cost you because this is yep. Tom Brady and the New England Patriots yeah. and you yeah. settling for three. If they'd had just half of those red zone uh, getting in the red zone's touchdowns, this game would have been
1: over early, yet it came down to the last series because they couldn't convert down the red zone. <clears throat> I know it. And then uh, I was just wait. I actually picked the Patriots to win the game uh it came down to this i can't well, believe you did right that here. a good green bay guy i'm sorry too? it was that sacrilegious sterling sharp would never
0: do that he's never I ever know. in all the years of playbook picked against the green bay packers
1: is that true ever true even statement. when they weren't good oh wow yeah, I'm trying to win the pool, you know, not lose it. <laughs> but anyway, but Tom Brady, this is the one right here. No, this is not the one. I'm waiting for us to show the one that Gronk had a chance with the score 26-20 to 20 to catch it in the end zone for a touchdown, and it was a tough catch, a diving catch, but he didn't come up with it. That would have won the game for the Patriots. It was, it was that kind of a game. And so, well, Devontae Adams dropped a touchdown pass right. from Aaron Rodgers. There were missed
0: opportunities for Green yeah. Bay in that 0-4 in the red zone. I mean, if you want to be critical going forward, that's where I thought, because we talked about this last week, that the uh, advent of Eddie Lacy really, for me, is what makes the Green Bay Packers the number one seed in the NFC. I would have thought that would have showed up. I would have liked to have seen them pound the ball in a couple times or that running presence of Eddie Lacy show up and no more so than in the red zone.
1: Well, he had 21 rushes for 98 yards, and he's a big bruiser, and James Starks will relieve him at times. And and I think they need a closer, you know, in that. And they've been so good at home. Oh, my God. You know Foxborough. Gillette Stadium's a tough place to play. What are they, 43-3? and three? Well, in Lambeau, it's it's getting to be like that. And so uh, you've got to assume you're going to be leading in bad weather. You've got to be able to say, oh, we're just handing this ball off, not going to take a chance in the passing game at all to stop the clock. So Eddie Lacy, man, you know, he – He's following up his Rookie of the Year uh, season with another really dominating uh, performance. And Aaron Rodgers really hasn't had that guy. Uh, you know, in, right. in last year he, he became a, a, a guy when Aaron Rodgers got hurt while well, they're continuing it this year.
0: Well, when we look at, at the Packers and the Patriots and you look at who they're playing, the Packers have the Falcons, the Bills, the Bucks, and the Lions. Not exactly a daunting schedule, Right. It, it's not a real stretch to say they're going to win the NFC and be the number one seed. Uh, that, in my opinion, I think because of that schedule compared to the Eagles. You know, we know the Cardinals are in trouble now. You know, yeah. when it's tough. You can play great defense, but when you don't have a quarterback. You don't have a running game. It's going to catch up with you. And the Eagles yeah. have. You yeah, they got the Seahawks, the Cowboys. So it's going to be a little tougher path. And I think the Patriots. We could see the same thing. So everybody says this is a Super Bowl preview. All right, it's not in Lambeau, it's pick- in Arizona. Who are you picking? I'm gonna, we'll do this right now. We're, what we're, the hell? We're, we're, we're at the we're Super, Bowl, the Super man. Bowl, Yeah, we're already going to the Super Bowl. Everybody thinks this could be the Super Bowl rematch. I have no reason <laughs> to disagree with that. So let's go oh ahead boy. and fast forward. I'm only doing that because TD is right in my ear saying, make him pick,
1: make him pick, make him pick. Okay, so that, this is a Super Bowl preview. It's going to be in Arizona. Uh, boy, it's going to be a high scoring affair not 26 to 21. Old man winner is not going to be invited. And so um, I'm going to pick, well, you know, why would I pick the Patriots if the Packers just beat them? Okay. Sure. They both played on the same day in the same weather. So I'm going to say that either quarterback will have a good day in the dome. Uh, if they match up again, I'll pick the Packers.
0: <laughs> you know, it you asked Today. Aaron, when Aaron, a couple years ago, I had a green Bay game and, and they were headed towards this way. And, and, uh, and it was all about, well, home field, don't you want it at home field? And he goes, let me see. I can play him in Lambeau. Or, and I think the teams were we can play in San Francisco, we can play the dorm in New, in, 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 uh, New Orleans, or play in that weather in that's Dallas, it. that doesn't sound bad to me either. You know, he's going, it's cold up here for me too. So, yeah, yeah I'm with yeah. you. I think – I think, I think uh, because certainly the weather wasn't a factor last night. It's not like no. they had the advantage because of the weather, not, and certainly not like Brady doesn't know how to play in cold weather because that's kind of the advantage in, uh, in New England as well. So I right. think on a fast turf in uh, – um, in Arizona, it'd be hard right now, assuming both teams stay healthy, that it would be hard not to go with uh, with Green Bay. I just I'm with you, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, and we have some great quarterbacks. But uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I don't talk to a coach, a coach, that when you really ask him, who's the best quarterback? We're talking Tom Brady, and we're talking about Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. They don't say Aaron Rodgers. It's kind of universal. Well, the coach
1: will say Aaron Rodgers is the best right now. Yeah, and you're gonna hear more and more of that as time goes on because he may very well earn another MVP this season if he keeps playing like he is. And uh so let's just see. I I, I think they're gonna win out. You know, I Detroit can't go in the Lambeau and win that game, I don't think, even though the Lions really made the Packers look bad last time. Um I, I think Aaron's gonna be right there in consideration, maybe with JJ Watt for the MVP. Yeah, I'm going to go off
0: script here a little bit, For but for Detroit, it occurs to me, I'm watching Detroit, and obviously a good win for them. That defense is so good. Forget about running the ball. You know, we ought to be up. Forget it. Let, let him throw it 45 times. Matthew Stafford, now, you can't throw the picks, but you can't run the ball. It's not going to get better. Practice draws, screens, and checkdowns to your back. Focus your running game on short yardage and red zone, okay, plus 10. Forget trying to run. Well, we're going to bring more emphasis to it. No, it doesn't matter. You can't run worth the length of my arm, okay? So let him throw it 45 times. But Matthew Stafford, you can't. Punting's okay. You can't throw interceptions like you did before when you would throw it 45 times a game. If they do that, I think Detroit's going to be pretty good. Before we get to the rest of the show, let's hear a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel.com.
2: What's up, everybody? I'm James Coe, one of the hosts for NFL Fantasy Live. And if you're season-long fantasy football league, you know, just not doing it for you. Well, listen, you can get your mojo back at FanDuel.com and pick a brand new team every single week. Joe Watson from New York played fantasy football on FanDuel for less than two weeks last season. And get this, he won over $30,000. You can do the exact same thing. FanDuel.com. The money is real. Entry fees start at just $1. There's no season-long commitment because this is a week-to-week league. Set up a new lineup each and every week. And if you are good enough, you will get paid out. FanDuel is paying out more than $170 million this NFL season. But you got to play to win, obviously. So go to FanDuel.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use the code COACHES to sign up now and they're running a new user special that's ending soon. FanDuel's going to match your first deposit, dollar for dollar, up to $200. That's up to $200 free, folks. The offer's only good for the first 50 people that use the code COACHES, so do it today. FanDuel.com, where every week is a new season. FanDuel.com.
0: Well, Coach, the Saints had a huge win for my money, obviously coming off the, the streak they had at home and going on the road and being the Pittsburgh Steelers, but a lot has been made, even after a win, of the relationship between Sean Payton and Rob Ryan. Let's hear what Sean had to say after the game. It's been outstanding. He and I get along and doing great. That's me, man. and it's more obvious when it's Rob because the camera is going to be on him. Yeah, I get upset when there's 12 guys on the field. I get, it doesn't mean I'm looking for another defensive coach. Yeah, a lot has been made of it, and we know how volatile Rob Ryan can be, and he's like his twin brother Rex, and obviously Sean's not afraid, afraid of, of asserting his, uh, his uh, opinion as well. Let's talk a little bit about that relationship. We've been on both sides of it. As a coordinator, when the head coach is dog-cussing you because it didn't go right, and as a head coach, when you get after that offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator or special teams coach, who, who, who did you have that had that kind of volatile relationship? I'm betting Jim Mora.
1: Oh yeah, because Jim, Jim could burp up in a minute. Yeah, and we're not talking senior here. We're talking right. junior. <laughs> yeah. He's doing a heck of a job over there at UCLA. But he, Jim's a hothead. Yeah. But I swear it now, Brian. We never gotten we never had an issue on the sidelines, practice, nothing. I mean, he was he was very professional, very uh, reserved, and when when he was f- fired up, sometimes. And but you got to have those kind of guys because you see it. When they coach their really i never i never got into it in the sidelines or on the practice field with one of my other coaches never never the only time i ever got in an argument get this brian so so remember when you'd lose the afc or nfc championship game you'd go coach the pro bowl Right, that was the consolation prize right so i'm coaching uh as the head coach against bill cowher and, 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 and Steve Young was our quarterback as he was a pro bowler every year. And so he started the game and he threw a touchdown. and He was playing good and this and that. So I pulled him. I pulled him. So Marty, Morty Wigg, he's a very good coordinator. Marty's up in the box. He goes, Coach, keep him in the game, will you? Man, he's having a good game. I go, no, nah, I'm pulling him out. I don't want to get him hurt. Come yeah, on, right. put him back in. We're arguing about if Steve Young's going to go back in the game in the Pro Bowl or not. And that was my only argument I ever had, I think, with a coach during the game. And I was kind of upset about the whole thing because, you know, I was like, what? Just pipe down. Let's play somebody else here. And so, uh, but I've never, I got yelled at by Mike Holmgren when I was a quarterback. Oh, i bet. Oh, lot, I'll bet. Yeah. A lot. Coaching Favre. He'd yell at me all the time. I don't know why he didn't yell at Favre.
0: I always thought coming. Uh, that, that um, and I just did a thing. They're, they're going to have a special on Bill Walsh, um, a football life. The week mm-hmm. of the Super Bowl, it's awesome, you know, and, and it's and and so Bill, uh, and I, of course I wrote the book with Bill, so, and I was telling him how Bill, Bill was a master at, and I and I can see, I don't know, Deadpool. I never worked with Mike Holmgren, but I get a sense that Bill would never go after the players, he'd go after the coach. We yeah. had Billy Matthews, a running back coach, long time in the league, and he'd go after <laughs> Billy, and obviously Rothman had done something wrong, and he'd go over Billy. Billy, can you get him – do you, are you do you have a drill? Is there some way you can help this player here? Because he's not punching with the left hand. Can you yeah. do that? Are you capable? Yeah. I mean, he would attack
1: a, the coach. I know he would. And the players
0: it. knew, or, or the coaches knew, okay, I understand how we're doing it. But that still doesn't mean it didn't piss him off, <laughs> you know, going off the field. Well,
1: well, Mike learned from him, right? He read <laughs> right? your book with Bill. And so he. so when he went to Green Bay and I was with him, we all were. Yeah, he would yell at us. I mean, he would yell, do you guys ever have meetings? I mean, he would just go off. He probably has a bunch of quotes from Bill that he used, you know, uh, every now and then. But we heard them all, believe me.
0: And I can imagine with Sean and Rob, and we know how, and and I'm sitting with Sean and talking about it. He specifically hired Rob Ryan. Because he felt like he needed more of a personality and more passion for his defense. Obviously, when Steve Spagnuolo was in there and they were terrible, now was when Sean was gone, he hired Steve Spagnuolo to run the defense. Then Sean, because of Bounty Gate, had to leave. They were terrible that year. And then he came back and decided, and we both know that Steve Spagnola is a very good coach, but he's a little more subdued, a little more analytical right. in the way he approaches right. the game. Well, Rob's, you know, spit and slobber, and he's like Buddy and Rex and that type of thing. And so he he sought out Rob Ryan for that very thing, and so I imagine that's their look at relationship. <laughs> yeah, I look remember. At Rob. Yeah, they're going back and forth. And as long as <laughs> as long as the players understand that and understand that it's not panic, you can wolf back at each other a little bit. And and look at there, he's going. Hey, why is there 12 why'd you let him convert on third down? Well, coach, that wasn't our design. You know, why'd you let Drew Brees throw an interception? I want to hear that one come back from Rob. Well, why'd he throw an interception?
1: Yeah, that then then you'd see them go
0: around a little bit.
1: Can you imagine if they'd have lost this game, though?
0: Oh, my God.
1: We'd be talking about this every segment, not just, you know, once here and there. And it would be the same,
0: and it's the same thing. So people, I've always said, sometimes people, it's hard for them that are outside of that environment and have never been in it. It's hard to understand how that dynamic can be, and that's just another day at the office. It's, hey, at the end of the day, we'll have a beer, and I love you, and you love me, but don't ever do that again. Yeah. Uh, all right, we've got to talk about the big decision by Mike Pettin going forward. He has yet to make the decision. He pulls Brian Hoyer, and he decides to go with Johnny Manziel, who in typical backup fashion comes in, goes length of the field, and scores. Uh, now does a 7-5 and five Cleveland Brown
1: team. Would you pull Hoyer and put Manziel in? Mm, I don't know. I This is the topic du jour this week, right? And I, you know what, Mike Pettin, I. I he painted himself in a corner yep. because, again, he said, "We will let you know on Wednesday." I don't know why he said that. He, he, you know, he's got to get a little bit more. And I think he's doing a great job. Believe me, he's got to learn a little bit more from uh, Bill Belichick. I'll, I'll let you know when we decide. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, late. You stay tuned. Or I mean, just lie they, and well, say,
0: I changed my mind.
1: <laughs> say, I don't know. Or, I'm, not, none of your business. Or whatever. Right. But now, now they're going to be waiting to right. see who starts the first huddle in practice. They're going to be waiting for, hey, you said you're going to name a guy by Wednesday. You know, maybe maybe he lets them compete this week. Maybe he has a Manziel package. Maybe he splits reps, not only in practice, but in the game. I don't know. But Wait, wait, wait but, a minute.
0: Uh, I'm going to call you out here. What do you mean compete? How do you compete in practice? And if you're I if you're know. letting them compete this late in the season, aren't you saying Brian Hoyer, you're uh-huh. done? Because let me let's go back because I'm going to disagree. I would go with Manziel, and I've been on record. Yeah. I don't like Manziel. I, I think he's a punk. <laughs> I don't like the Come you know he on, scored, he scores a touchdown in a game they're losing and gives you the money. Uh, no thanks. Uh, to me, that's a loser. But so you'd start him though? I would. From the general standpoint, we know Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer is Drew Stanton is Josh McNutt. He's a backup. He's 55% completion. He's got 11 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. They're luck- not lucky. I, I give them credit for being where they are. They took Johnny Manziel with 22nd pick. What? How many times have you heard, stay with your board, stay with your evaluation? They thought Manziel was good enough to take with the 22nd pick. Okay, I disagree right. with it, but I'm talking about if we think he was good enough to be the 22nd pick, the guy we've got in there is pedestrian at best. I'll give it that we're seven and five. Are we going to go to the Super Bowl with Brian Hoyer at quarterback? Are we going to go far in the play? Don't we need to find out about Johnny Manziel? And even if I stay with Hoyer and we limp around and get to ten and six and we make it in the playoffs and then we lose in the first round, now where am I? Because is Brian Hoyer my guy going well, forward?
1: Well, you're a heck of a lot better than you were the last twelve years. I, I don't. So, I, but
0: that's not the, Brian. The only, that's not Brian the, Hoyer's doing.
1: The, well, he's been the quarterback under center that's helped. Drive them to this winning record right now. Now his, his last 146 passes, he's got one touchdown and six interceptions and you know six sacks. And so it's not Bryn Purdy at all. And I get that. And it's very rare, rare that a that a first round draft choice will sit behind some a, a pedestrian quarterback. If you're going to sit sit behind Brett Favre or sit behind somebody that's a Pro Bowler, but that this is not the case. Right. The other the other part of this equation, Brian, is they're trying to learn about both guys and i think Brian Hoyer played better than expected in terms of the, win, the the winning record his contract is up as well at the end of the season so they need to decide do they pay him anything at all or keep him or let him go elsewhere and put all their eggs on this one basket who you don't really like and and so and then the, on the other hand they still have to find out if it, it or at least try to start developing Manziel. Is he the guy that we thought he was? And that's Can my he... point. I don't... Are yeah. we going
0: to see any more over Brian Hoyer over the next five weeks that we haven't already seen? He's going to get no, to the end but, of the season. He's going to be 55%. Might... He's going to have 18 touchdowns and 16 interceptions.
1: Maybe. You know. So that's why I, I, I said you know, it's, it's, not, it's not a good deal for Brian Hoyer right now because you know, they're not in first place in that division. They're still alive, very much alive. But, you know, it, he, he's helped them get to the point where no they question. are. No question. No question about it's that. It's a little bit like Kurt Warner when he was with the Giants. They had him, and they had a chance to make the playoffs, yet they pulled him and went with Eli and let him go through those growing pains, feeling that he was going to be the guy of the future. So If, eh. they,
0: if they stay with Hoyer, they go and they play the Colts. They get blown out by the Colts. Now they're 7-6. Do you make the change now? And Hoyer plays just okay. You throws.
1: I don't care who plays; they're going to get beat by the Colts either Right. Way.
0: So, so, so now you're seven and six. Do you now? Do you make the change to Manziel? And Hoyer's Maybe. been okay. Fifty five percent. He throws one touchdown, two interceptions.
1: That's that's what I said earlier in the season. In September, I said you play Manziel when you're kind of out of the playoffs. You know, and they won't be mathematically out, but when you when it's kind of hopeless, then you say, all right, let's see what we got in this young kid. We know what we have in Brian. Hey, not my problem. But you know yeah. what? But you <laughs> yeah. know what? But what would be wrong? What would be wrong with uh, playing both guys? I'm okay at this point right now. Yeah, I'm okay with that.
0: But in essence, you're basically saying we don't think Hoyer's good enough.
1: You're saying we don't know. We don't know yeah, either. Yeah, so huh? I need to find out about Manziel
0: and yeah. throw, go ahead and throw him in, even though I don't think I don't like him. Um, what I tell you, what they should do, they should trade for J.J. Watt and put him at a quarterback because he'll, I- he'll he'll produce a whole lot more than either one of those guys. Let's talk about See, J.J. He-
1: Watt. Oh, yeah, let's, because that guy's not just a beast, but he is a freak of nature, of athleticism. I'm waiting for him to throw a touchdown pass. I know He's they need to do that, else. don't they? He, he oh, that would be running. awesome. We had the cameras you know, on him warming up, screwing around during the pregame. He can sling it now. This guy, he probably can kick field goals and punt if you ask him to. He's like big Jim Thorpe. I mean, this guy can do everything.
0: You know, it's interesting you would bring that up because I did a Houston Texans game, and I remember talking yeah. to J.J. J. Watt before the game. I had just forgotten about that. I'm old, so when you prod me like this, it, it, things come back. You are old. Uh, but And he We're talked about wanting to play tight end
2: because
0: yep. he thought he could do it, and yep. I remember watching. He has huge hands, and he's throwing that thing around like a Nerf ball. It's, yeah, that would be something. Is he uh, – okay, because it's a big debate right now. Uh, can he be the MVP of the league? Yeah. On a team yeah, that, and, you know, ends up 500 and not go
1: to the playoffs compared to these quarterbacks? Hey, Paul Horning won the Heisman Trophy and they didn't have a winning season over there. Anyway, um, so, you know, he's going to be the defensive MVP, right? Right, or, that's, right? A, that's like a That's easy. But MVP of the league, maybe. I, I hope he gets every consideration because what he's doing – is special it's never been done before really except 65 years ago or whatever that is and there's more i mean he's going to keep doing more there he's trying to hold it up and dance like Dion. that was not very good were and you then, were uh,
0: you in green bay when reggie was up there yeah tell me tell me yeah. is, is that a fair comparison in terms of a guy that moves up and down the line and can impact the game
1: yeah, but, Reggie but we White never used about. Reggie. Yeah, Reggie, I, I can't imagine anybody ever being better at defensive end than Reggie White, right. I'm just telling you. And then when he spoke, it was like E.F. Hutton. You would listen, you, Everybody. That guy was unbelievable. I love R- Reggie White and miss him dearly. Um, but we never used Reggie White on offense to run, be a wide receiver and a tight end and a fullback in motion. You wouldn't do that with Reggie. He wasn't that kind of an athlete. Right. He Probably could catch and all that, but just in terms of defense. Huh,
0: yeah, and I, I say just because they moved Reggie around a little bit. You had him outside, you had him uh, inside, but clearly outside sure, was where he was.
1: Sure, but qualifying. but in, with modern-day football, you know, this Julius Peppers guy, what an athlete he is. Right. He played basketball over there. He plays defense. He intercepts passes. he You know, he, he rushes a passer, all that. But they also use him on offense. They put him out there as a receiver and throw a fade and, you know, some of those sort of things with Julius Peppers. Um, you know, and, and so he, he's got the size and athleticism right. a little bit like J.J., um they just in his career he hasn't been look at this one yeah this is against the eagles I, you know what i like about this one i hope keep running it because he does a lambo leap without using terribly his arms. he just he just jumped well he kind of hit it jump he was a little short <laughs> that's a high <laughs> wall man
0: i'm just <laughs> he didn't stick the landing at all that was a tough one yeah he but anyway he, in terms of sheer athletic it's great fun. To, it's too bad that it's on a team. That, and, and, you know, Houston's kind of yeah. hanging around it still. I don't know. And that AFC yeah. is certainly with now the AFC North, everybody short of Cincinnati falling apart. Not falling apart, but losing because the Ravens had a tough loss, last second loss to San Diego. Pittsburgh, and I've given up on Pittsburgh. I'm done with Pittsburgh. I thought they were, but uh, the way they're playing now. And, they're and manic-depressive. The, yeah, well, I know. going I'm, figure I'm, it out. I know. They're up and down. And then, obviously, uh, Cleveland we already talked about. But both – <laughs> For Houston uh, and and Miami, this is a big game tonight now. Miami's got a chance now to all of a sudden reassert you know, We all thought, and I was the same way, that I, even before this is the brilliance before the pregame show, I'm making the grand. It's two, two uh, wild card teams in the AFC are going to be AFC North teams because Cincinnati's going to win. They get to head to with Baltimore. It's going to be Baltimore yeah. and, and Pittsburgh, and then they all go you out and so? land an yeah. So uh, well, Miami, 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 and Houston. Kirk, I don't know that they will, but because uh, uh, Miami tends to fade, and I think they'll lose tonight. Quite frankly, because this is about time Ooh. they normally choke. Let's talk about uh, <laughs> everybody's talking about the Arizona Cardinals, and we've talked about the offensive side, just how non-existent they are, and this is going to catch up with them. I think Seattle will overtake them. <laughs> we could see Arizona actually fall out of the playoffs, as as as, as terrible oh. as that sounds. But let's talk about Patrick Peterson. All week long, was calling out julio jones and then got schooled by julio jones and bruce arians kind of took him to task for it let's talk a little bit about that when you've got a player that's john out during the week when none of us coaches like that it's kind of the way it is in the nfl right now but let's talk a little bit about what bruce arians did calling out patrick peterson his best player saying okay you open your mouth you gotta you gotta follow up yeah
1: and that all surprised me a little bit because Patrick Peterson not only is a great player, he's a heck of a guy. He is, he really, really classy, is a great classy guy. guy. Now, this, this, this competition started in college, and, and, and so there was a great rivalry as far as – Julio excellence. was at it, Georgia
0: and Patrick was at LSU.
1: Yeah, and so so this goes way back, and he's just trying to show confidence, Uh, and and I don't know if he feels he's the spokesperson of that defense or whatever, but Julio Jones had a career day with 10 catches, 189 yards, and had his way. And 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 I I was surprised because Patrick I think Patrick Peterson was surprised about the whole thing. They gave up 500 yards with that that defense against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. I mean I mean that was a shocker. And, now
0: and the and the Twitterverse is exploding because I said George and I meant uh, Alabama on on oh, Julio yeah. Jones. And I always usually call right, him Julio right. Cruz because I played. Roll Tide. I was in high school with Julio Cruz. You know the second baseman for the Mariners. Yep. Best nope. athlete I've ever. But you don't. You don't know the second. Really? Base? He was like, led the all time yeah. uh, uh, steal lead and whatever. But you're right, uh, and 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 it was uncharacteristic of Patrick Peterson because he is such a classy guy. But I thought it was significant that Bruce kind of said, "Hey,
1: yeah. uh, we're not. We don't want to do that." You know, you mentioned you kind of cringe with when somebody. Makes a prediction or a guarantee, or starts trash talking with the media before the game starts because it's a, it could be a firestorm, and especially when you lose and you don 't back it up you don 't even like it when you when you back it up i mean i, I 'm trying to think of the all the guys that i 've been around. I don't really remember many guys trash-talking the opponent before the games. I remember T.O. trash-talking me yeah. and, you know, so before the game and, and maybe some of his other teammates or coaches. But, but you know, so that, so that we, we, look at him. Whether he was with the Eagles or was with the Niners yeah. or whatever, he was always yapping about something, you know, and then he usually backed it up. He usually backed well, it up.
0: Well, and like you said, even if they back it up, I would always go to the player at some point and go, what, 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 are, you, what are you accomplishing here? What do you want? Let me help you here. I want to help you. What is it you're trying to get done? I was worried about uh, forget the after effects and whatever. Look at that. You're not too, he's, he not listening to you right here, is Look it? Look at it. George he's Stewart, not Stewart is stepping to in between
1: word. us. George Stewart is going to keep state, right and George, and I'm telling Jeff, don't talk to this guy. He's not going to listen to you. No, I got this game. We won this game on a sluggo in the last play of the game. Two, I remember that. 2 to 2 to to T.O., and he had no catches at halftime. He went berserker. Well, he had eight catches in the second half. He won the game for us, and it was like one of those deals. So, I bet, anyway.
0: you, I bet you you were a trash talker in college weren't you would you little you little i can see you being a bit of a smart ass you know and just kind of chipping I away had, if we'd had, had twitter at our age whoa that would have been lethal oh yeah yeah like you would have been uh, i'd have been i've been be out of the yeah that had gotten rid of me a long time ago <laughs> well thanks for checking out the week 13 coaches show make sure to check us out here every week we'll be right back here on nfl.com live streaming at four o'clock